You're listening to the Fretboard Confessional. My name's Chris McKee. And I'm Cooper Greenberg. Welcome as we talk and dive into all things guitar nerd related, things going on in the industry, and some cool stuff regarding live recording this week. But before we get into what we were going to talk about before, I have to tell you something that I just saw on email right before you walked in the room, Cooper. What you get? It's the latest collaboration from Fender. And I am just super excited about it. I like it's on point for Fender branding. You ready? Oh yeah. Shred ready goggles. Oh my god. For snowboarding. Oh yeah, dude. Fender and I guess Giro? I don't know. I'm not wealthy it's enough. Pronounced Euro. For the- <laughs> I love Euros. A uh, little tatsiki on the side, <laughs> hitting the slopes <laughs> with some lamb beef gyro in my pita. No, I, you know, seriously, like, who is this for? This is this is it's brand shredders, dude. collaboration. Yeah, run amok. Let me see that photo that you got. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh. No, what's great is as we talked about this, Zach Cavender over here already had an idea. Is like, well, heck, I mean, this is pretty easy. What else shreds? Like, okay, paper shredders, like Fender in the office. Yeah, you know, right at the end of your Fender desk, office. you shred at night with your garage band. You can shred during the day too. Anytime you have some pesky sensitive material, the Fender shredder is going to take care of you. Fender but, dumbbells, dude. Dumbbells getting shredded. Getting shredded. How about this? Fender shredded cheese next to Sargento. <laughs> next to Sargento and Kraft. Dude, <laughs> <The> persnickety <laughs> people. What is there? It's like persnickety people. Persnickety cheese. Or exceptional cheese. Something so, I'm like, I'm like pretentious people, bad cheese. So we've got Sargento, you know we've got Kraft, and now we have Fender shred cheese. Oh my cheese. gosh. Mexican blend for the nachos, dude. No, it's pretty funny. I, you know, it's like, hey, I'm all for like some cross collaborations. Yeah, like they did that Filson amp cover with it, Chris Stapleton. Like that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. But then, like, was it Fender? Someone? It was either Fender or Gibson did like a Wrangler collab, and like they're the most expensive Wrangler products yeah. I've ever seen in my life. So that's whatever. I mean, <laughs> we're shredding over here. They should do the shredded cheese though. Shredded cheese would be good, but it's like uh, wood shavings, like from the factory floor. <laughs> Could come up with all sorts like. of like vintage uh, color n- name, like tie-ins. You know? Yeah. The blue cheese is just like plastic blue cheese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Olympic white cheddar, dude. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. I mean, somebody's, I guess, a snowboarding fan. I've feel like Taylor should have some diving equipment by now or, you know. <laughs> I guess Fender, you know, with the X Games crew, it's like they're they're radical, dude. They're radical. Yeah. yeah. Just going for it. They see an opportunity <sighs> and they go for it. So, it's, yeah. Why don't you just get us some more guitars, man? I, I just, <laughs> I had to break that live on the podcast here, you know. So if That's you, a Woj bomb right there. <laughs> it's a Woj bomb. If you have been looking, you know, if you are like... Man, I wanted to go shred and hit the hit the slopes, but I need some new goggles, and I also play guitar. It does look like the goggles themselves are like a three-tone sunburst, and the strap is like a weightless strap. It does. It does look like the weightless uh, guitar straps. I mean, you know, if you play guitar, um, and you also snowboard. You remember that expensive Fender turntable from yes, last year? I do. 
Yes. How, expe- that, how much was it? Because I remember like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, or something crazy. When we first saw the email, I was like, "Oh, this looks really cool. Yeah, we're gonna get some of those." Click on it, and then it's like, "Never mind." Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so in this case, you've got um, there's a black tweed two hundred and seventy dollars, <laughs> but you can get the uh, and there's a different model of goggle called the Axis with iconic tweed, and I don't know what iconic tweed is because um. My Crayola box never included the crayon of Iconic. I guess I was the poor kid. I didn't have like the 170 crayon box or whatever it was. But that one's only $190. <laughs> if that's too rich for your blood, you can go with the the Method Goggle, which has uh, also looks like Tweed, but they don't say it's Tweed. And for not saying it's Tweed, it's $150. Um, and I've now probably been officially uninvited from any Fender events. So I feel like, just wait till next year. They'll come out with the uh, player line. They'll come out with the player shred goggles. The player shred goggles. Or the affinity line. The American Pro 3 player, yeah. or Pro 3 shred goggles. So, I thought you were going to say, because you said goggles, like shred goggles. I didn't even think it was going to be snowboarding related. I thought you meant like, you just put them on while you're playing. <laughs> I want to see that though. <laughs> to like protect. You from, know, yeah. the next Lollapalooza, all of the bands are going to be on stage rocking Fender stuff. Yeah. Wearing those goggles. They got to wear the goggles. It'll be like, uh, they should do string change goggles for when you break your eights. Or when you're tuning your B string. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's shred goggles. So well, that's a, that's a huge... I mean, huge bomb drop on the guitar community today. Um, yeah, I was got to do know, a little moment of silence on that one. Yeah, let's let's take a moment. Anyway, what else did you want to talk about? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was I was for the Lego collab, like they did the Lego yeah, Strat and the amp, and like, eh, that was cool. You know, there's all pe- sorts of Lego heads out there. That was cool. This is weird. So Lego heads, man, it's just interesting. I. Uh, Man, there's something else I want to talk about. We'll have to wait for another podcast because it's an embargoed thing. We got to wait. But well, it depends upon I when think, this comes out. I think, uh, well, I think we're waiting a bit on this one. I'll drop the uh, teaser trailer. I want to talk to you about um, why brands market things the way that they do and like how old are these people? Are these like 150-year-old people? Because I... I have a bone to pick with a brand that I won't mention because it's embargoed, but we'll talk about that at a later date. That's a teaser trailer for the next episode. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I feel like I'm way too young for some of the marketing. Wherever you're going with that, I'll just simply say before we talk about the next thing. Sometimes I look at brand marketing and I go, man, I'm... I'm, I don't get this. It's a 150-year-old person or that's the demographic. Like, whoever they're marketing to, this commercial would come on you know, at like nine o'clock at night between reruns of Golden Girls. Yeah. And right next to the mesothelioma commercial. There you go. <laughs> um, you may have a claim kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? And and other times I feel like I'm way too old because they'll market stuff and I'm just like, I don't get this at all. Is this for someone who's like 20 years old? Like, yeah. who who is this to? I don't get it. I think so. a good marketing idea for Martin Guitars would be like, you know, when World War Three becomes impending and like we know that we're going to go to war, <laughs> they should do a drop and call them pre-war Martin. Pre-war. <laughs> <laughs> no longer reimagined. Yeah. yeah. The, the standard series is rebranded pre-war, pre-war Martins. <laughs> Didn't mention which war, just pre-war. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of pre-war instruments out there, pre-revolutionary war. <laughs> Some kind of loot for 
you know, pre King Arthur stuff. Like you know, Captain Crawley's mandolin type stuff. So well, yeah, let's get into it. What's the scoop? So you have uh, a live album coming up. I do, and I did want to talk about it because I have some photos from the event um, when we recorded it. Robert took the photos, our in-house photographer, so he's taking pictures of new guitars and of our show, and some of them look like Fender or Kawhi branded <laughs> photos because Patrick Marr, piano channel star, uh, he was playing a Kawhi, I think it was an ES920. The logo's real big right next to like a shot of my headstock with the Fender logo. It just catches it perfect. There's uh, the brand so collab. There's, yeah, there's a brand Fender collab. and Kawhi. Fender and Kawhi. So we, uh, we kind of got a nice little collaboration of a bunch of people in the store. Josh Barrera, behind the camera, typically, he shot the show, did the lights. Robert took photos. Chris Klein, our friend from the Pro Audio channel, tracked the whole thing, multi-tracked it. And then, um, you know, we played a show, and it was cool. And we recorded an album. It will be out on October 29th. So I don't know when this episode's coming out, but I'm thinking it might be before that. So it's coming up. If you're listening, it's coming up soon. It's going to be on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. But uh, it was cool. It was, I feel like more and more uh, shows are becoming like a cool store offshoot. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people from the store get involved. You play shows all the time because you're performing at your church. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to get Josh in there to run <laughs> lights and stuff. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was a cool, I feel like pretty Alamo-centric project that we yeah. did. Um, I'm I'm excited about it. it That's cool. cool. Chris Klein um, is, we all know, and if you've watched any of the pro audio videos, he's kind of a mad scientist and an evil genius when it comes to audio engineering. I've learned a lot from him. And the encyclopedia, like, Kleinatica. Oh my gosh. He, like, he did a video the other day for that channel that was... Um, top most influential independent record labels and he brought like 30 records and he's pulling each one out he's like oh yeah this was on a it's on creation records this original pressing and this was i mean he knows yeah like the guy that was getting coffee in the studio that day and he's yeah. like oh he was the absolute best man he went on to play guitar for such and such you know he's like insane. Susie brought in some eclairs for us <laughs> and the eclairs it was a french bakery right down the street and the way that they uh they use clarified the butter. Yeah. The guy who provided their butter for them uh played bass on like Yeah, <laughs> who's your butter guy? But uh no, it's cool and his he, knowledge uh, is, is pretty pretty deep, yeah. We went over I went to his house, I skipped work one day and went over there and he was getting ready to mix it. And he was like, I'm just gonna tell you, I took a rough pass at it. It's pretty much unlistenable at this point. And he played it for me and it was like, Oh, it's done, dude. This sounds great. And he was like, no, no, you're going to have to retract the vocals. And I was like, I'm not going to sit in your house and sing as I did live to like try and, and like add in all the, hey, thank you. You guys have a good night. You know, he was like, no, a lot of live albums do this, which I know that. I mean, I, I know a lot of classic live albums. They have to do additional vocals in the studio. Yeah. Additional instruments. I was like, dude, this is just kind of a fun project for yeah. me and my band and friends and stuff. And he was like, well... I'll see what I can do, you know. I was, yeah. And then he sent me the final mix. Not gonna I'm win like, any Grammys. I'm okay. like, dude, this is awesome. 
So I'm happy with how it turned out. That's, um, but I'll tell you what, that's a trait you want in your sound engineer. Absolutely. You never want someone that goes like, it's good enough. It's good enough, man. Yeah. Um, we had Nick Filer, who if any of y'all are, you know, customers of the store and have dealt with somebody, it could have been Nick Filer. He's a nice guy. He played some harmonica on a song. Um, so it's just my goal to start. He's a great heart player. He's insane. Man. He's also often mistaken for me. Uh, I hear, and uh, people are like, oh, are you the guy in the videos? And he's just like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Only he's like two feet taller than me. Yeah, he's a he's a man squatch. So yeah, he. Uh, I've been there before when I'll be sitting next to Nick, and people come in, they're like, Chris and Cooper hanging out in the store, man. And Nick <laughs> Look, will just be like, how's it going, dude? Yeah. If I come across Chris. as being over six feet on camera, that's okay. we are using the right cameras. That's all yeah. I have to say. I've always heard the camera adds two feet, you know what I'm saying? I used to say when we started that the camera adds 10 pounds and we were using five cameras that day. That's, you got to get fender shredding. <laughs> get in the gym, dude. You know, I have a gym in my garage that my children uh, regularly destroy. Um, and maybe what I need to do is reach out with our YouTube yeah. exposure and do a cross collaboration uh, building out my uh, Fender gym yeah, in my garage. Fender gym, and then you do a Taylor event. It's called Find Your Fitness. <laughs> That's just great. We're coming up with wonderful ideas. We're fitness guys now. This is a fitness podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know if either of you happen to. This is a topical thing. Did you happen to watch the one of the most recent Rick and Morty episodes that came out? I have not. Where Rick and Morty start an abs podcast. <laughs> 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 it says out of place. In that episode is it is now, but it's a good episode. I liked it. You know, it's funny. Okay, so this is great. Great segue. We're going to get back to your talking about your album because I want to hear about like the equipment <laughs> and the process and stuff. But, you know, we were talking about uh, an un to uh, be <clears throat> named YouTube creator for guitar. Yeah, yeah. And how some people on Reddit have opinions about this individual. <laughs> I'm sure they would have opinions about us. We just don't have a big enough audience for them to <laughs> probably even know who we are. But, you know, what's funny is I come across some... Um, some creators in the musical world, uh, particularly that that do what we do, they're like doing guitar reviews. They've got a big audience, and they're in some ways a lot like the worst fitness like YouTubers and podcasters. Yeah, because the wor- the best ones like there's a guy when I was you know losing weight, I lost like a hundred pounds. For people who don't know, and if you watch our YouTube videos, you can see the 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 loss. Like when Chris was half the man he used to be, I'm back to like a quarter of that man again. So I'm trying to lose the weight, but um, I felt I followed a guy named uh, that the channel is Athlean X, and the guy's shredded and he talks, yeah, you know, like he knows what he's talking about, right? Yeah, and he doesn't BS and he makes fun of people who do. And then you've got other people that say stuff like, if you want to lose belly fat, this is what you do. That's not how it works. You can't isolate. You can't <laughs> isolate. You lose weight or you don't lose weight or you gain weight. You can't like go, I'm going to lose weight in my stomach only. It doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> you have people that do that with guitar. Yeah. You know, or like any musical instrument. They'll review some POS guitar, right? Yeah. This is the best $200 guitar I've ever played. Uh, there's a guy on, on TikTok that I come across sometimes. And he's like showing you why this particular guitar is much better than a $1,200 Strat. And it's all like super compressed, high gain stuff. And he's an amazing player. And so yeah. people were like, oh, wow, yeah, that's just as good. I'm like, you have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. It's it's almost the same thing of like, all you have to do to lose that turkey arm, ladies, is to do this exercise. It's like, 
That's it's called a shake weight. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen that a lot more and more with people making guitar videos. And I, I watch them because I fall victim to the clickbait. But it's like their face as if they just saw like a dinosaur in real life. And yes. they're like, their mind is blown. And the title of the video is like, I found a guitar that ruined my life. <laughs> or like something <laughs> crazy. It's like this guitar just made me a million dollars and it's like then the video content is like yeah you know i just you know i found this squire and i put some new pickups in it It changed my life but it's always so much like such a huge crazy clickbait claim this is the best guitar in the whole world i saw one guy the other day that's like it literally the title was like should you ruin your life for this guitar and it was just like... Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you should. Um, yeah. Well, so we the, need to get into that kind of stuff. It's the know? whole myth of like, yeah, our, our, our following would, would really grow if every single guitar that we reviewed, we said, this will make you a better guitar player. Yeah. Because that's the big myth, right? It's like all I... And I fall victim to it all the time. All I need is that custom shop, whatever you... <laughs> yeah. You know, whatchamacallit. And I will have finally arrived. Yeah. You know, and uh, it turns out, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's just good. I like the ones that have the guys with eyes wide and their hands and their hair, like pulling their head back, like, oh my God. And it's like new American pro two. It's like, it's a pretty good guitar. It's whatever. I never have my hands in my hair. That's true. You got the beard hands. (laughs) I got the beard beard hands. hands. It's like, you know, you're rocking the braid today. I said, I I should have done a braid. You should grow out your beard and do little braids in it. Jack Sparrow style. My kids want me for like Halloween to grow out my beard and pull a whole like God of War. That would be cool. Kratos type thing. That's yeah. a good look. Yeah. Just rub some red on my head and, and go for it. So. Are you, do you ever do a big Halloween costume? Like, do you ever really the, make it happen? No, I don't. We don't really do much for Halloween, but one year, cause we, we will do stuff in the store. Um, I had the scariest costume known to man. Um, I came as Gary Smith. Um, and the the real travesty is that we have a contest, and I didn't win the best costume. It was rigged that year. I'm just going to go on record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but that was rigged that year. Um, if you don't know, Gary is a staple yeah. here at Alamo Music. He is. Uh, he's been here so long. He's growing into the walls. Kind of like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, one yeah, with the crew, yeah. one with the ship type He's thing. like that scene from Jumanji when Robin Williams is like melted into the ceiling. That's it. That's Gary. Yeah, that's Gary. Gary's been here a long time. He's he's an old uh, old soul and old. Uh, <laughs> I love Gary. This guy's old. Gary has seen so much. His stories are fantastic. Uh, we took a trip with him up to Dallas, uh, the three of us with him. And uh, Tiki bar. Tiki bar. There's always <laughs> peanut snacks in the kitchen. Yeah. Gary is phenomenal. So, But Gary's an older guy, and uh, he's he's balding, and he has a white goatee, and he has a bit of a like an old man walk when he walks around. And I <laughs> stole- roast? I stole his name tag. Yeah. I grew my hair out. I oh, shaved gosh. my beard into a goatee. I wore a, uh, a Canadian suit. You know, I had my jeans yeah. and my you know, yeah. denim jacket that day with- with a notepad, and I did the walk, and I came as Gary to work that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sh- I can show you pictures. That was that was the best Halloween costume That's of my good, life. Was that the year that he was Colonel Sanders, or that he was Heisenberg? No, because he does great costumes. No, that year he was an undead uh, Cajunto player with an accordion. <laughs> God. So, 
I saw a few of those at Kahunto Fest this year. He was real proud of himself when he walked in with that costume yeah. until he saw me. And then when he saw me, it took like 10 seconds for him to register what was going on. Did he have a kind of a play on the tone of the accordion that he was playing? Like it was soul. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, I don't I'm think he got that steal invested your soul, in it. dude. Um, yeah, that's hardcore. That's a good idea, though. Well, let's get back to your, your recording. So yeah. um, going through this process, I'm curious to hear about, like, you do gigs all of the time. How mm-hmm. different was it, like, some of the the process in setting up the recording, capturing that kind of live experience, and then yeah. going through, you know, all of the stuff Klein was doing to really kind of master that sound? You know, it was a, it was interesting because whenever we play live and it's more of a, you know, regular show... I'm not as concerned with trying to recapture tones from a recorded, you know, album that I've done in a studio. This time it was kind of unveiling the band playing some of these songs that were really painstakingly like sculpted in a studio. And so I was like, I need to get my pedal board rolling a little more extensive than usual because there's different overdrives and fuzzes and all this stuff and delays and usually I kind of favor a one pedal fits all mm-hmm. for overdrive. I'll do a tube screamer, I'll do a big muff, and I'll do a carbon copy. This time I was playing with some different pedals to try and capture different sounds. We were stacking a lot. And then in sound check that day, I figured, I know these pedals well enough. We we're sound checking and we played a few songs and I was like, this is not going to be good. Levels are not right. I'm kicking on a fuzz and I'm falling out of the mix and mm-hmm. all that so it was kind of trial and error at the sound check that day. I think it came out good, you know, yeah. for the live performance. But um, I, f- I mean, you shared some of the clips of it already. Online, yeah, yeah, I shared. And a, it did sound good. I think it came out good. Klein did a ton of that, like balancing things out the right way. Yeah. Um, which I thought, let's just do a stereo line from the board at the show mm-hmm. and take it as is. And he was like, "No, we'll multi-track it. We'll yep. do it the right way," you know. You have to because your yeah. mix, you know, we deal with this at church all the time. Yeah. Like, so your your live mix is so different from so your different. mix. Yeah. Um, you know, we, <laughs> you're talking about getting Josh to do lights at our church. So this is fretboard confession. I'm making a confession about our church production. So I, I'm an assistant pastor at a small non-denominational church. We don't have a lot of resources, which means we make do with what we have. Our stage lights, some of them are literally coffee cans. <laughs> there you couldn't use one now because they've all they've all gotten crappy and gone to plastic yeah. but listen young whippersnappers back in the day coffee used to come in metal cans that had part tons of, of uses out, yeah if you go into your dad's garage your grandfather's garage there's probably a bunch sitting on a shelf holding yeah, a bunch of bolts nuts and bolts so, it's your savings account in the you know in the kitchen cabinet so years ago we uh we needed some directional lights and we got some big Folgers and Maxwell house, you know, cans that could accommodate the light. And we created from scratch these fixtures, you know, just ingenuity there. I always say, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Listen, broke is the mother of figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we did that. And I had an interesting thing that mirrors your situation. Um, When the pandemic happened, we streamed our services, Mm -hmm. but we didn't stream the worship set. Um, just the the speaking portion because I didn't have a separate mix. Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, a board, but I didn't have a separate board to mix everything. So 
when we had to shut down and keep things going, I'm like, okay, well, we have to, we have to do this. And if we just do a stereo out, mm-hmm. it's mixed for the room, just like, you know, you would have had. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Because the acoustics of wherever you are are not going to be the same as the acoustics of someone listening to it in their car or, or on headphones yeah. or whatever. So you have to multi-track it. And uh, fortunately, we had bought um, a Personas 32-4-2 AI digital board. Mm-hmm. That digital board has a 32-channel out with FireWire, which is now deprecated. Like, you have to get dongles and everything to use FireWire. But instead of – if you go into a lot of churches, you're going to see literally $50,000 worth of stuff yeah. to do what I figured out how to do with five grand, $5,000 – and it's going through logic and it's mixed and you can uh, i think i've said this before rogue amoeba makes a great piece of software called loopback which basically allows you on your computer to take any audio any audio you can hear out of the speakers you can assign a digital out to yeah and so we have that assigned as a digital out so i can take all of the monitoring reference from logic i can mix it completely independently with the digital signal and i can then have a live out to stream and I capture it so I can actually mix it for a recording later if I wanted to, which is actually how I tend to mix it. I record it, I listen and I mix it according to that. that I save that as a template and it works. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Klein would probably like do it a hundred times better, but well, I mean, it's yeah, I think it's total necessity. I mean, I was in my mind, I was like, let's just do it the easy way. And if it comes out bad, it's whatever. But yeah. he was like, no, you're putting some time and thought into this. Do it the right way. Right. But it was cool, too, because, I mean, he obviously, this is no brainer for somebody like him. But uh, Ramon and I had different guitar parts that are oftentimes kind of harmonized. He panned them Stereo, the exact yep. same way that we were on the stage. So yep. he panned everything like you were sitting in the, the audience. Um but yeah, it, it was Which very is what cool. you want on a live recording. Yeah, yeah. Whereas other times you'd probably have kind of a mono setup for the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's cool. Um, and you can hear my mom a lot shouting and saying, good job, you know. That's, <laughs> Just that's cool. a mom's job right <laughs> That's there. a mom's job. Um, you hear some hecklers in there, kind hecklers, but, you know, saying. Free um, bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was cool. It was a good time. And also Josh that day kind of just decided he was like, I don't have anything going on tonight. You want some video? And I was like, that'd be awesome, man. And he brought the lights from the studio over there. Those, yeah. you know, the aperture lights. Um, and was just like kind of doing it live, like to the mood of the songs. And it, it came out super cool. Um, I had never done a live album before. I was very nervous. All of the band. And I agreed to not touch any alcohol until after the set. So it's not, it's to be as, little sloppiness as possible yeah. the, the anti-led zeppelin you there know? you go um and it was a tight performance i'm proud of it um made me want to do some more like that but it's cool how many uh talented folks we got i mean zach has shot some photos that shows for us same venue it's cool that everybody at the store kind of works together makes some cool stuff happen you know there's a lot of talent here and you know your experience it's 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 a learning experience. It's where the term like experience comes into play. Yeah, like it, so often you learn by doing and and by doing things alongside people that are more experienced than you. Yeah, that have learned things you haven't learned, and then you're gaining all new 
you know, knowledge and information and stuff. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, you know, and you just keep doing that and you keep learning more. It's it's kind of like the first time you go into a recording studio and you're laying down tracks. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole new experience and you learn and the next time you're better from it, you have a better idea of what's going on, what the equipment is, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So it's very cool. Yeah. It, it was re- really cool. It made me want to, uh, I would love to get to a place where we can do some performances here and have some kind of studio yeah. stuff down with our um, you know, while we're shooting videos and all that. But I, I really do think that if, I mean, you've got a bunch of songs, I got a bunch of songs that we're doing demos on. If we could add to the kind of production side and experiment and kind of make it all interactive with our videos, I think it'd be very cool. I think that would be really cool. I'd love to expand stuff, ideas like that to the store and even in some cases to the community. I know Taylor years ago, they did the collaboration with Wyndham Hill. They did three albums yeah. where they would bring in various artists. What were, the, were those Wooden Steel? Wooden Steel. Yeah. yeah. Volume one, two, and three. And, uh, and they, you know, they, they don't do that anymore. And I, I think it's something more companies should do. Uh, Elixir Strings did that a, a few times. Yeah. I have an interesting story about that, actually. I had, they did this Christmas album. And um, it was it was very cool. It was like coded Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was all these great guitar players um, playing various you know Christmas songs, and some of them are really phenomenal pieces. And uh, years back, it was when I first started working at the store. They were on social media, it was like Facebook or something, and they were posting about like hey, whoever was doing their social media was like, "Hey, y'all remember when we did these CDs?" Um, and people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I've got that one. Um, and they said, really? Because we don't have it anymore. Like, no one had the, the frame of mind to, like, keep it. Uh, like, keep one copy. And so they're like, you know, we will, uh, we'll send you free strings if you uh, send us the CD. And I said, well, okay, well, first of all, I work in a music store. So, like, you have to do better than that. And second of all, I don't really want to give up my CD, but I will burn a copy of it for yeah. you. So y'all have, you know, you'll have a copy of it. And they're like, great. So they sent me like all this swag. Like I got strings and like polished cloths and bottle openers and all sorts of you stuff. You got to receive that in cool inventory, stuff. dude. That's not fair. No, 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 no. No, no. It was personal. <laughs> uh, so it was it was very cool. But um, yeah, I've, I'd like to do something like that. I mean, we've already got the uh, the steamy Chris and Cooper calendar coming out next year. That is true. Um, <laughs> sponsored by Elixir. It's going to be the coded calendar. <laughs> All Chris is wearing is nano web. God, people would pay not to receive that. No, that's good for me. We're going to do that. <laughs> so you want to raise money? It's like, I'm going to send this to you unless you send me $25. That's good. No, we can do that. Um, man, it's crazy that uh, Elixir had a Christmas album. Well, I think, you know, in the early, I feel like in the late 90s and the early 2000s, that was more of a thing. And phys- <laughs> physical media was more of a thing. Yeah. You know, and that that brings up, you know, something that kind of goes along with what you're doing. Um, because, you know, you're creating music and, I, you know, you're putting it out on Spotify and Apple Music. Are you making it available on, like, iTunes to purchase? Yeah, yeah. And you, do you have physical copies people can buy? Um, we, I have physical copies that are on the way. They're going to be later than the initial release date. Yeah. We didn't time it properly, but yeah. So, and then that's on your website, which is? It's Cooper Greenberg. It's going to be AlamoMusic.com. <laughs> <laughs> CooperGreenberg.com or FavoriteSunMusic.com. Both are out there. There you go. So one of the things that is kind of a tricky deal right now for musicians, and I, I heard Joe Bonamassa talking about this. Well, it was a clip on TikTok. I don't know what his interview was, but 
he's talking about some guy, you know, you know, you get 80,000 spins, he called it, uh, on yeah. like Instagram. Effectively, you're an Instagram guitarist. Someone's watching you. You're getting, you know, thousands of views of someone, you know, listening to you play. Yeah. And that's cool. And what are you going to get out of it? You, 80 bucks, some sponsorship, a free t-shirt, right? In terrestrial radio world, that would be thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it feels like there's two things. We, we I had a rant on one of our pre- previous podcasts about physical media, which I'm doubling down on. I saw someone the other day post that they had purchased a season of a show on Amazon that Amazon removed from their library because they no longer had the rights. Yeah. And, and it's like, but I, I bought that. Like, I'm supposed to own that. Yeah. And you're just supposed to store it for me in your cloud server. Yeah. Um, and that's not how things are working. And I think what that's done, digital streaming promised that we would be able to access things from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that we would have the convenience of everything. What it's becoming is the inconvenience of less, of nothing, of changed recordings. I, I had a situation once where Apple did this thing like Apple Match with iTunes years ago. Yeah. And CDs that I physically had pulled into my library were changed. They downloaded new versions of those songs. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what crap is this? This is not <laughs> what I was listening to. I want my music back. And evidently they ended up fixing it. It was like they realized we overstepped. Yeah. But where I feel that the danger is for like, in your case, particularly, right? You're creating music and you're putting it out there and you rely on streaming services and fewer people buy physical copies. And at the end of the day, what you get paid out as a musician is far less on a stream than it yeah. would be in the more traditional sense. And so the money's still there. That's the problem is there's still money. Yeah. It's just changed. And now the companies like Spotify are keeping more of it. Yeah. I mean, music, like record labels were always kind of like the bad guy in the room a lot of the time. Yeah. That's why our friend Chris Klein was like trying to do a record label that was more friendly to artists. Yeah. But um, now it's, it's now the Spotify. Distributors, yeah. It's distributors. It's, it's Instagram and Facebook. It's people are talking about TikTok. Like you're a creator on this. The only reason people come to TikTok is because they're watching videos that people are creating. Yeah. And yet you could have millions of followers and what they're paying out is like a pittance compared to like YouTube. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't even think that you're able to get revenue until you hit like a way crazier, uh, you know, milestone versus YouTube. What's it? A thousand subscribers and you yeah. can start getting revenue. Yeah. I mean, that's why we do YouTube and we're not TikTokers. I mean, we're on TikTok, but whatever. Yeah. It's kind of a, not our, it's not our main gig. <laughs> we're not 14 years old. I mean, people are doing <laughs> some stuff on TikTok. I saw a guy, what's his name? Sally Slices. He's in uh, Jersey somewhere. They sell pizza. He's got a great personality, real tall dude. Um, and he's parlayed into like, they're going to be doing national, like frozen pizza, Dang. you know, from this family company. Hey, that's cool because he's capitalized on that audience, but they were never going to make it rich with like just that audience. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you're using it to market what you're doing, it's, it can be free marketing. It can be fruitful in some respects, but I just, 
I, I'm, I wonder when things are going to flip back, when things are going to push back. You know, <coughs> I feel like the digital revolution promised more control and mm -hmm. opportunity for creators. And there is more control and opportunity of creating, but the monetary promise just isn't there. Yeah. Um, and, and that concerns me a lot. As a creator, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it. it's tough because obviously I want to be able to make music and have, you know, make money off Spotify and right. whatever. It's just never, it's not going to happen. And I don't think it happened. I mean, I've heard artists that I consider to be like, oh, they're famous. And they, they're like, all my money comes from playing shows and selling merch. Like it's not, not people listening on Spotify or Apple music. I mean, title pays a little bit more than anybody else. And it's still like a fraction of a cent, you know, yeah. every play. Um, I think that if there's a culture in which people can get on board for like, if you like somebody go buy tickets to a show and go see them. Mm. Like that's the only thing that's left that's like direct interaction and profitable for musicians you know and merch and all that but it's like how many band t-shirts can you buy you know well um, and i i'm you know this is personal but for me and i'm i've been talking to other people about it i'm moving back to making sure i have physical yeah. media yeah you know i i still have the convenience you know if it's available i can stream something but at the end of the day, I can go home and know that it's in my library and I can listen to it. And yeah. uh, no one can just take it away from me in the middle of the night. Yeah, and, and if I've bought it from that artist, more money's going to that artist as a result. That's so go to coopergreenberg.com and order some CDs. If you want to hear <laughs> what a bunch of people from Alamo Music put together for a cool live album. It's called Favorite Son Live. <laughs> Real creative title. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, Your next collaboration is with Fender And it will be called Favor Sun Shreds Shredding dude They're wearing goggles on stage the whole time I would do that if Fender would be down To like send me <laughs> something cool They'd probably send me a Noventa Alright um, I did I saw a band called Wet Leg You ever heard of them? No They're interesting They're Welsh But um, I saw them play here in town At the Aztec a couple weeks ago They're playing Noventas That's Yeah Yeah and I know Fender sent them to him. Yep. Which, a, they got a good sound. I mean, the thing is, we liked those guitars. It wasn't even like the guitars were any problem. It's just people didn't... The public. Didn't... I mean, there's some people that got them, loved them. No matter how many times we say P90s are great pickups, people like are like, no. Yeah. I want single coils. Well, they are single coils. I want humbuckers. Well, I want Jazzmaster pickups. <laughs> and then they get a Jazzmaster, they're like, man, I've always loved the sound of P90s. Like, those aren't P90s, cuh. <laughs> It's whatever. You should do a collab with Fender wearing goggles, shreds goggles, selling uh, like Cooper Fender co-branded pizza with Fender shredded cheese. That, that is the, uh, that's the height. That's the Mecca. That's yeah. the goal. And Elixir sponsors like the garlic knots because they're coated. <laughs> Christmas style. Perfect. We're on a roll. Well, that's good for me. Um, I don't know how podcasts work but can we put a link somewhere if somebody wants to listen to it love to hear what you think we got pat mar on the keys i'm pretty sure that's exactly how i said it at the show we got pat mar on keys he opened the venue for us it's a it's a fender and a Kawhi collaboration project unauthorized so it's good for me <laughs> i hear a lot of jazz master not a noventa though on the album there you go well check out the album 
um, and go to the website, and if you like it, you can stream it, but buy a physical copy. Thank you. Um, yeah, support artists out there. If you go to any shows, buy their merch. Um, if you, you know what? And I'll take a step further. If you like someone that you've been following on like Instagram or YouTube or anything, and they make music, buy some of their music. Um, you know, support music. At the end of the day, I think you know. I people have been asking me for a long time. Um, various people I know. Hey, put an album together. You know, one, I'm kind of lazy. Two, I'm kind of busy. Um, but I really do it just because I I love making music. I know that's the reason you do it. Yeah. If you if you can extend that, uh, that's great. And if you can make money doing it, that's a that's a bonus. Yeah. It's absolutely. really just about like having fun playing music, and it's cool that we work together. And we can all play music together. We all do it. So it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, we're gonna wrap up this edition of the Fretboard Confessional. Um, so we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be keeping new episodes coming. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. So you knew, know when a new episode is coming out. And in between episodes, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, that pays better than at the other <laughs> platforms. Uh, and check out our various Alamo Music channels. But uh, it's the Alamo Music TV, where Cooper and I are playing guitars on a regular basis. So we hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.